The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, welcome back. Disability Law Show. Love being here. Thanks for hanging around for the next hour. You will learn plenty. And there's going to be countless occasions for you to reach out to Savannah and his team as well, if only for a, a brief conversation. Might be for yourself, might be some of you know who's going through some hassle being cut off by their disability insurer, or you just want some information. It's really simple. one 821 5900 Full number, toll-free right there. Website, disabilityrights.ca. And if you have other ways or you want another way to reach out and ask some questions, great website, free answers, free questions, mydisabilityquestions.com. The nifty thing about that is it has a searchable database, which means there is a high probability that a, a question like yours, very similar if not exactly, has been asked and answered uh, in full, so you can do that before you uh, insert your question. If not, leave it there, and a member of the team will get back to you with a uh, with a robust answer. Again, mydisabilityquestions.com. A little later on the show, we're going to tackle uh, our main topic, which is technical denials versus substantial denials. What does it mean? I don't know either, but Savan will clear up the uh, clear up the air in that regard anyway. But first, pal, uh, what's happening on your end? How was the week? The week was good, John. Extremely busy, uh, as usual, and I keep hearing more and more on uh, you know, the radio, on TV, newspapers about the significant mental health toll that COVID has been taking on everyone. And of course, now in Ontario, we're in another lockdown, stay-at-home order. You know, this is exacerbating uh, an already very difficult situation for many, many people. And it's not just in Ontario, it's across the board. Remember, you know, this has affected the entire globe, and we have offices... Uh, where we help people with their employment matters and with their disability matters, long-term disability, in Ontario, British Columbia, and Alberta. And I'm hearing now from people from all of these jurisdictions uh, where, where we're providing this help, and, and frankly, from the rest of Canada too. I got people uh, email me and calling me from New Brunswick, from Halifax, from everywhere, seeking help with their long-term disability denials. And one of the things, John, that you and I have talked about endlessly is about how important it is to make sure that if you are denied long-term disability or if you have an issue with your long-term disability insurance company, that you get the right lawyer, the right team, uh, legal team on your side. Because if you don't, it's like going to a really bad doctor when you have something really serious wrong with you. And, and you know, you don't want to play with your health just like with the law. You don't want to play around with your legal claim, especially when you have potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line uh, that you're potentially owed that you're not getting paid. So let me tell you about something that just happened this past week. And it's unfortunate, you know, but it's something that I think people can learn from. We had a lady that contacted us um, a while back, and she had um, a short-term disability and a long-term disability uh, claim, so dual claims, uh, which dated back to um, 2014. And this lady went to a law firm back then, uh, and I actually know the law firm, and it, it didn't go so well. Uh, she had issues with the lawyer. She had issue, uh, you know, with moving her matter forward. Uh, it was just languishing. Nothing was happening. She suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, she earns $104,000. She's in the accounting industry. 
Long story short, she contacts us because there is a problem, right? Nothing is happening with her claim. This was back in 2017, so three years after her her denial happened with her insurance company. And remember, you know, I tell people that when you come to us, when you've been denied long-term disability, we typically resolve these kinds of claims from anywhere from a few weeks to a few months. Rarely do we have cases in our office, long-term disability cases or employment matters for that matter, uh, that are... Uh, you know that, that that go on for longer than a year. Generally, it's within within a matter of months that we can resolve these kinds of claims with the insurance companies. Anyways, this lady has these issues back uh, in 2014. She hires this law firm. Nothing happens on her case. 2017, she contacts us. Uh, we give her advice. We tell her we can help her. She decides to go a different route, and that's okay, right? We never force anyone to do something they don't want to do. We never force anyone to hire us. We just give information out, and if people want our help, we're more than happy to help them. Okay, so fast track this. So she calls this week. Why? Because back in 2017, after we spoke with her, she decided to go elsewhere. She she hires another lawyer. And then the case takes another bad turn because the lawyer she hired gets disbarred in 2018. And disbarred, for people who don't understand, means that the license of that lawyer was taken away from that lawyer. That lawyer was was essentially barred from practicing law. And, And then she finds out, of course, that this lawyer was incompetent and now there are major mistakes made on her claim. So now she wants to go after that lawyer in addition to the insurance companies so you know we're now in 2021 and she's coming to us with a claim that is you know dates back from 2014 seven years ago and now she wants to go after the insurance company and after the lawyer John what do you think I said <laughs> uh, you know I mean what what, what do people expect us like, to say at this point I, yeah. I can't help at this point not, not only can I not help I'm not willing to help I'm not willing to walk into this kind of a storm at this point with all these issues, it's just not, it's not something that we do. You know, you, you want to do it right from the get-go. And the reality is that had she come to us back in 2014, not just to us, by the way, I have many colleagues that I can tell you are exceptional at this kind of work, okay? So it's not just with us. They could have helped her, but she chose to go a different route. That was her right, but now she has issues that she's going to have to deal with. And frankly, you're not going to find anyone that I know at least that has the the knowledge, the expertise, and the willingness to take on a case that dates back to 2014, and now you got to go after a lawyer that was disbarred in addition. You may find someone to help you, but it's not going to be certainly us. It's not going to be someone else. So my point is this. If you have a legal issue, and that can be a long-term disability claim, an employment law claim, these are things that we deal with in our firm in all three provinces, or if you have a real estate matter, a family law matter, you need to get the right person. You need to get the right law firm, no different than you need to get the right doctor if you have a certain illness that you need help with. So this is just a a very unfortunate situation here because this, this lady is now in her 60s, she was making six figures, so by my estimation, her claim is worth a lot of money. It's worth probably three, four, five hundred thousand dollars that she may never recoup now because she went to the wrong people to help her. And of course, they did not help her. So word to the wise, do your research. You know, when I tell people, you have to make sure that you read up on the lawyers, you speak with the lawyers, maybe look at Google reviews, right? Take a look at the Google reviews that we have on our website. I mean, to me, that's a major thing. I I go to a restaurant or book a hotel. 
oftentimes based on what I read in Google reviews. And yes, I know that there are many fake reviews out there. Trust me when I tell you, nothing fake about what we have. Nothing. We've worked our butts off. Again, across the provinces, our entire team to provide quality work. So this is really, really important to understand. You got to do your research. And if you don't, you can end up like this lady in a very bad situation and out of pocket hundreds of thousands of dollars. I wonder if it's a matter of, you know, people don't do their due diligence when it's come to your point of choosing a lawyer. They figure, you know, I got a family lawyer, a family lawyer. Oh, it's just disability or real estate or whatever. Ah, they can do it. They're a lawyer. I'll just let them do it. That could be a fatal mistake every time. Oh, and it is. It is in many, many situations. It is a fatal mistake. You're absolutely right, uh, John. Gone are the days where you can be a jack of all trades. Same yeah. thing with doctors. Again, I often draw the analogy because it's very apt, right? If you need a surgeon, you're not going to go to your family doctor to do the surgery or to your optometrist, right? Or to your uh, uh, ears, nose, and, and throat specialist. They're just, they do different things. Same thing with law. You want to go to a lawyer that has a certain focus and a specialization at whatever the issue is that you're dealing with. So if you have a family law issue, you go to a family lawyer. You have an LTD issue, a long-term disability insurance issue, you come to us or you come to someone who this is what they do. Day in and day out, they deal with long-term disability claims. But John, the reality is that that's not the end of it. You could go to people who say that they do this kind of area of law, but but you know, they don't necessarily do that or they don't do that well. I'll give you an um, anecdotal example here. Uh, and this happened actually quite recently. We had an, 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 a, a discussion uh, with, with a defense lawyer uh, from one of the prominent insurance companies. This was off the record discussion right. where they had mentioned to us that they have a claim with a certain law firm in Toronto and they named the name of the law firm. And of course, we didn't, I'm not going to say this on air. And, and they said, you know, we know that law firm. That law firm will settle every time. That law firm is just there to make money. They're not there to push hard for their clients. It's almost like, you know, you have a real estate agent that all they do is just flip houses, right? They'll convince you to, to uh, uh, you know, t take as little as possible for your house just so that they can flip it within 24 hours or less. You don't want that. You do not want that. You want to maximize whatever amount of money you can get in your pocket. And and the law, especially the law that we deal with, it, it, you know, operates the exact same way. We know that there is a range for settlement and for potential judgments if this ever goes to trial, which, of course, these cases almost never go to court, okay? But insurance companies have to respect the law firm on the other side. And when I used to do defense work, right, when I used to work for insurance companies in the past, I if one of the first things I would check when we get a claim on my desk to defend is who is the lawyer and the law firm on the other side? Are they heavy hitters? Do you, you know, do I have someone on the other side where I got to tell my insurance client, you have to be careful because that law firm knows what they're doing. They have the resources and they will go all the way if they need to. That's how my insurance clients knew that they had to pay more than, you know, the run of the mill law firms out there. Uh, who are just trying to settle the cases really quickly. It doesn't matter that they're settling for half the value of the claim. They just want to get these things through, almost like a factory, you know? So there are various reasons for why it is that people choose wrong lawyers. But you know, John, the reality is many lawyers are just smooth talkers, right? So, you know, you get blindsided, you see a nice big billboard somewhere about this law firm, and they're saying that they're experts at this and experts at that, and they've settled these cases for millions of dollars. You know, that's just nice advertising and nice marketing. What we do, I think, that is very different and unique, 
again, in Ontario, British Columbia, and Alberta, is we give information out, information on this show, on TV shows. Lior does the same thing. Many of our lawyers do the same thing. We openly put all this information out so that you as the, I guess, end consumer or the person who's in need of these legal services understands the logic of what we're arguing. None of these cases, none of this type of law, you know, it's not brain surgery. You don't have to be a nuclear scientist to understand it, but you have to understand that there are no shortcuts. And, and, you know, when we are representing someone, we are representing them with the full force and backing of the firm's resources and expertise. And, you know, we have close to uh, 40 lawyers across our offices with, with a huge support network. You know, there is a reason why we've grown to where we've grown because of our reputation, because what we, you know, f- because of what we've been able to achieve for our clients. Again, you want to reach out to Savan and uh, put him to the test of what he's saying you can do. So, by the way, uh, both the disability law side and the employment law side are covered by uh, Savan's firm and the most positively Googled firm out there. You can you can check that, and it, it's it's there in black and white because he mentioned the Google review, so make sure you read some of those. Uh, reaching out by phone anytime, one 855 5900 is the website. Lots of information there for you as well, free, absolutely anonymous as well. And uh, reach out through email, which we'll get to here in just a bit, help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue. Disability Law Show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, welcome back. Disability Law Show. Savannah is here answering your questions. Emails, by the way, anytime, help at disabilityrights.ca. The website is disabilityrights.ca. And for a lengthier, more uh, private chat, anytime for you, one 855 821 And I did mention this off the top, and I will continue to do so because we pull from it and refer to it all the time, mydisabilityquestions.com. That is an outlet for you to ask questions online. Searchable database, your question may have been asked and answered before, so have a look at that first. If not... Type it in, leave it there, and you'll get a response for sure. Okay, as mentioned off the top, Savan, I want to cover this technical denials versus substantial denials. I have been doing this show with you for many years, and this is something new to me. Even I have no clue what this means, so it's a good one. We want to clear this up. What What is the difference? Technical denial, substantial denial. What do you mean? Well, let's just first of all clarify. These are my terms. Uh, you're not going to find these, I think, if you Google them. Um, but the reason that I, I've decided to talk about this topic and to explain it, John, exactly because of what you just said, that we've done this for a long time and many people have been listening to us for a long time, uh, but people are not necessarily clear about these denials from insurance companies. And, and you know, when is a denial correct? When is it not? When, when, can I, when, when should I appeal? When should I not? How do I challenge these denials, etc.? So... You know, over the last few years, I have noticed, um, at least, you know, in my mind as I'm talking to people across the country, that if I were to categorize the type of denials for long-term disability claims that I see, I would place them in one of two buckets, a technical denial, and I'll explain what that is, or a substantial denial. Now, let me make one thing clear. We would challenge both. Okay. The fact that I will tell you that a certain denial falls into one of these two buckets doesn't mean that you can't challenge the insurance company and force the insurance company to pay you. It's just that there are different considerations that go into challenging each one of these denials. So, so let me explain this and just you know jump right into it. 
A substantial denial, let's start with that, is something that we see very, very frequently. And what that means is, is that the insurance company takes a look at your application for long-term disability. Uh, they look at the medical reports or the medical application that you've submitted to them to show that you are disabled from working and that you should get LTD. And they tell you, we don't think that there is sufficient documentation. In other words, they've looked at the substance of your application uh, or the medical records or whatever else you've given them and they make a decision which oftentimes from what I can see is wrong but they make a decision on the basis of the substance of what you've given them okay, okay. Um, so John you're disabled from working your doctor gives you a, a letter saying you can't do X and Y you've given it to the insurance company insurance company looks at it and they say John we simply don't buy it or okay. it's just not enough there's not enough meat there in the letter we are gonna deny your claim because you don't we don't think you meet the definition of, of totally disabled under the policy that's a substantial denial in my mind. What is a technical denial then? Well, a technical denial in my mind is when the insurance company doesn't even look at the stuff you've given them. Mm -hmm. So for example, one of the most frequent ones is that uh, they will say, hey John, uh, you have six months from when you become disabled to apply for long-term disability, okay? And uh, guess what? You apply not six months after you become disabled. For whatever reason, you've applied seven months after. So you're one month late. Gotcha. So they send you a denial saying you are out of time. In other words, technically speaking, under the rules of the LTD policy, under the provisions, you miss that deadline for which you know for when you should be applying for LTD. We're not even looking to see as to whether or not you actually meet the criteria for disability. Okay. It's just on technical grounds we you know we're going to reject your claim. And you know this happens quite frequently. And and here's the problem with technical denials. Technically speaking, to use that word, they're correct. Right, you know you may be you may have been late. Yeah, you yeah. may have been late by a day, a week, a month. But the question is, where does the law fall here? You know, so, so here's the problem. If in fact they were correct to deny your claim and it's completely legitimate and you have no way of, of getting around it, uh, well then, you know, most people of course will simply walk away from, from these claims. They'll assume, yeah, I guess I'm late. Nothing I can do about it. The reality is exactly the opposite. It, 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 you know, the, the, the analysis doesn't end there. Uh, there is a principle of law uh, I'm always hesitant to get into sort of the, the um, minutia of the law uh, because I like to keep things as plain language as possible. But I'm, I'm going to introduce it here because we actually utilize this on, on many, many claims. It's called relief from forfeiture. You can Google it, relief from forfeiture. And really what you're asking the courts to do in that situation is to basically say, listen, there is a technical denial, but substantively, it really hasn't changed anything. How has the insurance company been prejudiced by a late application of you know, being late by a day or a week or a month? Now, if you're late by 10 years, it's a different story. But if, you know, if you're late a little bit, uh, yeah, there's a technical breach, but really, when we're looking at it from 20,000 feet, does it really make sense? for the courts to then bar the individual from pursuing that claim against the insurance company. And, and, and so the doctrine, the legal doctrine, this, this idea of relief from forfeiture then gets activated or, or gets triggered. And we have cases that have gone to court throughout the country for many years 
where where judges have said no when you're dealing with those kinds of situations when it's a technical type of a denial when there's no prejudice to the insurance company we're going to let these claims proceed and so I can tell you right now, John, that we've had many cases in our office where people have been uh, a little bit late in applying for long-term disability or for doing something here and there that is somewhat outside of, of you know, the timelines that were provided by the policy. And the insurance company takes a very draconian approach, you know, and they simply say, nope, you are late by a day or an hour or whatever it is. And guess what? They deny the claim and we get involved. And then at the end of the day, the insurance company pays the value of the claim. They pay, you know, because they understand that if this went all the way to court, they would lose on the basis of relief from forfeiture. So technical denials, again, are things that I think on their face make people think like they have no case. Because if you were to look at the provisions of a policy, the insurance company is in fact correct from a technical standpoint, but it's not always black and white. There are many uh, uh, shades of gray. And what I tell people, John, is that you don't have to do this analysis, okay, as to whether or not your denial was a technical denial or a substantial denial. At the end of the day, if you were denied long-term disability or short-term disability, and you want to talk to us, you want us to review, you know, the, the denial letter and your policy for free and tell you if, in fact, you have a case, we'll be more than happy to do that. We charge absolutely nothing for this. I mean, our entire team, again, across all three provinces, talk with people every day and give them this information for free. And and people then decide for themselves how they want to approach it. So, again, technical denials, substantial denials, at the end of the day, these are denials. And, John, I said at the beginning, when should you appeal these denials? Never appeal these denials because these appeals, and we've talked about this, you know, endlessly, these appeals generally end up in nothing, especially when you're dealing with a technical denial because the insurance company is going to keep pointing to that provision that they say you've breached. And again, I give the example of uh, you know being late with your application for long-term disability. Why would they ever change their mind no matter how many appeals you make? But once we start that legal process against them and there is a lawyer on the other side that is retained to defend the insurance company, that lawyer then has a conversation with their adjuster saying, listen, Yes, the claimant has missed the deadline by a week, but guess what? No judge will ever uphold that. And that's when they start negotiating with us, right? That's when they start talking settlement and trying to resolve the claim because they understand that at that point, we know what we're doing. They better come to the table with money for a client or they risk paying their defense lawyers a lot of money and still paying at the end when a judge hammers them. So that's really the, the, the crux of it, John. I wanted to make sure that we get it out there. Again, if you're denied short-term or long-term disability for any reason, don't worry about figuring out if it's technical or substantial. Okay, these, ba- you know, these, these buckets of denials are fairly deep. Insurance companies use many, many excuses to deny claims. Most of them, in my experience, are not legitimate denials, and these are denials that can be challenged. What uh, what would be the ratio of technical versus substantial that you would defend? What like an eighty twenty? I would imagine there's more substantial mm. denials that you deal with. Yeah, yeah. I, in my yeah. gut sense, from my experience and my team's experience, I think it would be about seventy five twenty five. But you know, John, if we're talking about ten claims, that's one thing. But if we're talking about a thousand claims, <laughs> that's a lot of claims out there where you have a ton of technical denials and a lot of substantial denials. Uh, and, and listen, the worst thing I think that a person can do when they're denied an insurance claim is simply believe what the insurance company is saying without checking it with a lawyer. Okay, You have to go to a lawyer to check whether or not the insurance company is correct or not. Sometimes insurance companies take certain positions 
because they understand that you know the individual will most likely just walk away from their rights they understand that most likely the person you know will believe them because this is the insurance company you know we're a billion dollar entity we know what we're doing this is what we do for a living these adjusters you know that's our full-time job and people think well we're not experts we have no idea how to fight this we don't trust lawyers just like we don't trust insurance companies and they feel like they're hopeless, right? There, there's nothing that they can do. You are not hopeless. That you are not hopeless. But John, sorry, I digress. I think technical denials are. We see less of those in substantial denials, but still, we see both uh, uh, in in a, in a significant amount. Especially now during COVID, by the way, I see a ton of both, literally each and every week. Yeah, you know, I know we gotta we gotta take a break here in a minute, but it's it's interesting you mentioned COVID because that's just made people weaker. And and by that I mean you know now they don't have the energy or the wherewithal to take on an insurance company. So it's it's imperative that they give you a call because this has just worn everybody out at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know we also see insurance companies who are being inundated with claims as well, right? Because of the psychological impact of COVID mm-hmm. and the lockdowns, uh, and also long haulers, right? People who've suffered from COVID and now have uh, effects. Uh, that linger on. And, and you know, I've seen situations where insurance companies are saying we're not covering COVID related illnesses for disability. What a bunch of baloney. It's nonsense. <sighs> Show me one policy out there that says we exclude COVID. That's not the way these policies are drafted, but that's what they're telling people. And people assume, right? They assume that the insurance company is correct. Do not assume that the insurance company is correct. Okay. The insurance company's uh, uh, priority is to make money for themselves, for their shareholders, for their uh, board, for their people. The only way they make money is collect premiums and pay as little as possible by way of, of you know claims. So you have to make sure you look out for number one for you because if you don't, trust me, the insurance company is not, not going to do that for you. The number is simple, 1-855-821-5900, toll-free. Use it. Have a chat uh, with Savannah. He'll hook you up with a member of his team. If uh, you think you need them, have a chat. won't cost you anything. And to just sit and, uh, and get some answers, you want to get to an email, help at disabilityrights.ca. That's what we'll get to here in just a little bit. And the website, disabilityrights.ca, also has links provided to our long-running television show as well, a 30-minute uh, dose of what you get here Uh, for an hour. So that's all coming up. Lots more on the way. Disability Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Disability Law Show, reaching out anytime. We give it to you. The number is simply, you probably got it memorized, 1-855-821-5900. Use it toll-free. Website, disabilityrights.ca. And another way for you to uh, get free questions and answers about your LTD uh, for yourself or friend, family member, doesn't matter, mydisabilityquestions.com. Take it away, pal. Where are we going? So here's an interesting one, and I've seen this happen um, before. This is uh, an individual who contacted us from Ottawa, and and this person is an IT director making uh, in the six figures, uh, more than $130,000 a year. He's in his 40s, and uh, he was denied long-term disability by his insurance company uh, in in, um, March of this year, so last month. And uh, he suffers from concussion. Uh, he has a, a bunch of people treating him, including a family doctor, uh, physiotherapist, and various other people. All say he is disabled. He's not able to work. Now, here's the interesting thing here. He has uh, LTD, 
coverage through work, okay, through his health benefits, and he also has private LTD insurance. And it's not unusual, by the way, for people to get both kinds of insurance. So, you know, you have insurance through work, but you want to supplement that. No different than like having, you know, two insurance policies on, on your life, life insurance policies, or, um, you know, just, you know, stacked insurance on your car, for example, to have primary liability insurance and then excess insurance. You can do that. That's okay. But here's the interesting thing about this case. The insurance company, the, the um, uh, one through his health benefits at work, said that they are denying his long-term disability claim because they're saying that there is no evidence to show that he's disabled. There's insufficient evidence, actually. Uh, and the reason why this is interesting is because that's the position that the insurance company he has through work, his LTD insurer through work, that's the position they've taken. In other words, they're saying you're not disabled enough based on the documents we've seen. And yet his private LTD insurer approved his claim. <laughs> You, you get that, John? He has two LTD policies, one that's private, one that is through work. Both LTD, both have the exact same criteria for eligibility, right, for when they will approve you. One of the insurance company approves, you know, for LTD. The other one sure. of the exact same medical document says that they don't approve. And, you know, to me, this is, it's ridiculous on its face, obviously. I mean, you know, you're scratching your head when you look at that. But this just goes to show you that when an insurance company says to you, we are not approving your LTD claim because we don't think that you have sufficient medical proof or documentation, or we don't think you're disabled enough, you know, they are not making a quantitative uh, um, decision here or analysis. They're, they're engaged in a qualitative analysis. In other words, they're looking at it and saying, do we think, right? It's not, does one plus one equals two? It's, you know, do we think based on what we see here that you qualify and you can see how different adjusters at different insurance companies, even sometimes within the same insurance company, come to different conclusions. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this is going to be a very easy claim to resolve, incidentally. Okay. Obviously, if one insurance company says he, he's exactly. disabled and the other one says he's not, just imagine what would happen. Just fast forward this. What would happen if this ever went to court? It will never go to court, but imagine what if it did. Imagine a judge is hearing the one insurance company says, you know, he should be on LTD and the other one says he shouldn't. The optics are horrible for the insurance company that totally. says that he shouldn't be on LTD, the one that's denied. So this claim will get resolved very fast. But the lesson here for people, again, is just to reinforce that point that if you know you are disabled, you know you cannot do the essential tasks of your occupation in the first two years, or if you're beyond two, the two-year mark on LTD, if you can't do the essential tasks of any occupation for which you're suited for, okay, by training, education, or experience, and your doctors back it up, you know, you have people treating you saying you are not, you are disabled, well, then guess what? You know, you should be getting LTD. Your insurance company should not be saying to you, we disagree with your doctors. I mean, they can say that, and it's your choice if to walk away from the money that's owed to you, but what I'm telling you is that you don't need to walk away. There are ways, there are legal mechanisms in place to force the insurance company to pay, you know, to pay you what you're owed. And we, we see this each and every day at our office. In fact, not a week goes by where we don't have insurance companies entering into settlements with our clients. I can't give you specifics of those because those are usually bound by confidentiality provisions. But I'm telling you, insurance companies settle these kinds of claims all the time for a reason. They don't settle because they suddenly become altruistic or they care about our clients. They settle because they make the calculation that it's going to cost them that much more to fight us 
they understand that at the end of the day, our clients are most likely going to win. So they then come to the table and try and settle with us. And, and you know, that's really what happens. They pay our clients what our clients are owed. You know the number, one 821 5900 to reach out. If you're following a, or at least going through something similar with Savannah, you can uh, you can simply reach out or, or drop an email, help at disabilityrights.ca. Let's uh, let's squeeze uh, one more in, pal, before we get a break in a couple minutes. What else uh, What else you got on the table? So I have a whole bunch of emails here, but I know we, we also have emails coming in, John. I, I want to talk to you about something that happened this past week as well, which was interesting. I was on the phone with a uh, a family doctor out of BC, out of Vancouver. Uh, it was me, him, and one of our lawyers in BC that handles LTD claims. And the reason why we wanted to chat with this family doctor is because, again, it's a situation where the insurance company has denied uh, the LTD claim of this claimant on the basis of insufficient medical documentation, insufficient medical support. And, you know, typically when someone comes to us with a denial like that, we, we want to see what did your doctors write down as your disability? Have your doctors explained in writing uh, why it is that you cannot work from their perspective, from their you know, medical uh, perspective? Uh, and and you know, how, how is the insurance company viewing that? And what happened in this case, and this happens quite often, this is one of those cases, by the way, John, where I don't blame the insurance company here because uh, this individual, this claimant, legitimately is disabled from working for a variety of reasons. And she's gone to her family doctor for three se- on three separate occasions to, to get you know documentation to show the insurance company that she's disabled. Each and every time, uh, the doctor has given her a letter that is like a one-liner. This person is disabled and should be stay off work for X amount of time. Well, if I'm the insurance company, that, that, that tells me nothing, right? Insurance companies still need information. You can't simply expect the insurance company to approve your claim without something substantive from your doctors that explains why it is that you're disabled. If there's a diagnosis, what is a diagnosis? If there are treatments being prescribed, what are those? And are you following those? What's the prognosis? You got to have some substance. So unfortunately, this doctor who's just very busy uh, did not understand what this lady needed. And frankly, this lady, this our, our client, did not understand how to ask the doctor uh, you know, what, what the insurance company requires. So we decided to have this call with this doctor, uh, and we're very careful when we do these calls because we don't want to put any words in the doctor's uh, you know, mouth. We just want to understand from the doctor's perspective, do they think this person is suffering from something? Are they disabled from working? What is the disabling condition? What functionally is impairing them from working, etc.? And so we have this 15-minute conversation with this doctor, and we find out through this conversation that, in fact, what we thought was a disabling condition, we thought it was a physical impairment, Actually, the doctor doesn't think it's really that physical. He thinks it's mostly psychological. And the doctor was unequivocal, John. He said, she cannot work. I'm telling you she cannot. And we said, okay, what's the game plan? What are you going to have? What are you going to do? He says, well, I'm going to give her those medications and I'm going to refer her to this treatment provider. And then we're going to reevaluate four to six weeks after. And then we're going to see what happens. And he says, that's going to be a long process because she herself is suffering from what I think are X, Y, and Z mental conditions. So it was a very illuminating conversation for us. And at the end, we said, look, we're going to send you a letter. We're going to ask you very specific questions. What, what, what is your working diagnosis or diagnoses for this individual in terms of why they cannot work? What is your game plan? You know, what, what is your plan of attack for treatment? So far, what are the treatments that you have prescribed and has she been following them, reasonably speaking? 
What is your prognosis? You know, we, we, we agreed with him that we're going to send him these questions and he's then going to answer those questions in, in writing and then we will give that to the insurance company. So this is one of those interesting situations where, you know, certainly we learned a lot about this person's disabilities. And I think that we'll be able to help the insurance company understand why it is that this lady is in fact disabled. And here's the thing, John, if the insurance company, despite having this letter, which is going to be a lot more substantive than just a one-liner, right, that this doctor has written three times now, and, oh, she just can't work. If despite this new substantive letter that spells it out for them, comes back and says, no, we still think that, you know, you're not disabled enough. Well, they're going to get hit with a legal claim from us and they're going to pay a lot more down the road. But this is one of those cases where we had to intervene and speak with the doctor and we're not afraid to do that because oftentimes the issue is a communication problem between the doctor and the insurance company and the individual patient slash client is left in the middle to suffer, right? Because they're not getting any better, but they're not getting the money that they need to allow them to get better. So just a very interesting case that I thought that I would bring out and I thought would be interesting for our listeners. Short break with a couple minutes to go. We'll get to an email uh, with the remaining time toll-free. In the meantime, 1-855-821-5900 and disabilityrights.ca. More show on the way. Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Listening to the Disability Law Show indeed, reaching out 1-855-821-5900. MyDisabilityQuestions.com is a good resource for you to ask your questions uh, outside of the hour of the show or an email, help at disabilityrights.ca. That's where we're going. Len, thank you for uh, for shooting one into us here. It says, hey, Savant, love the show. Uh, my cousin received a denial letter in the mail from his long-term disability insurer that said they don't consider him totally disabled. I don't get it. He's been off work for over a year and a half because of severe depression and hallucinations. He has PTSD from being a victim of a violent crime outside his apartment last year. His doctors have all said that he's unable to work and he takes a lot of medications. Is there anything you can do to help him? Yes, Len, absolutely. Absolutely. We've done, you know, we've dealt with many, many cases um, where, where the, the source of the disability is post-traumatic stress disorder. So first of all, thank you for reaching out on behalf of your cousin. I mean, this is something, John, that we see quite often. Family members and friends and colleagues uh, who listen to the show end up letting the people that really need our help, you know, connecting them with us. So, so this is really great, Len. Now, you know, w w with your cousin, I, I, again, to see something like this uh, where it's absolutely clear and and logical that your cousin would be suffering from PTSD after this kind of a violent crime being a victim of this kind of a violent crime and for the insurance company to now recognize that despite what the doctors are saying you know to me that's a travesty and, and you know we we have a case similar like this uh, to, you know in the office where a lady was actually raped and and you know it wasn't the physical issues subsequent to that violent crime that are impairing her ability to work it's a psychological aspect of it and the insurance company has taken uh, the position that, that that this lady is not disabled from working or not sufficiently disabled i'll tell you this len you know that other case that we're dealing with it's 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 a given to us that the insurance company is going to have to pay her what she's owed on the policy what we are really going after 
what we're really going after are punitive damages because in some situations it's so blatantly clear that the insurance company is is you know should be paying and is acting in a in bad faith in a high-handed manner that courts have recognized judges have recognized in the past that in those kinds of cases insurance companies should not just pay what's what what you know what they owe individuals under the policy of insurance but should be made to pay punishment damages punitive damages aggravated damages and this is what I think we may actually even do for your cousin here if he contacts us. And if, if, of course, what the doctors are saying, what you're saying that they're saying, you know, that he's suffering unequivocally from PTSD and can't work, if the insurance company is so blatant in its conduct, in its high-handed conduct against your cousin, we are going to push extremely hard. We're going to attack the insurance company with every legal tool in our arsenal. So please, after the show, let's connect. Let us talk to your cousin again. This is absolutely free. We don't charge anything for these discussions. We can do it by Skype, by FaceTime, by phone, whatever is necessary. And we'll answer your cousin's questions. And at the end, after we speak, he can decide uh, how it is that he wants to, uh, to, to proceed. You know, this is the other thing, John, very important here is that many people who suffer from psychological uh, issues, disabilities, illnesses, you know, you have to be very careful with them because you don't want to re-aggravate whatever it is right. that they're dealing with, right? Oftentimes, it, you know, it can backfire for them. So we want to make sure that we're very gentle and very careful in how we deal with these kinds of claims. But we do help a lot of individuals who suffer from PTSD, from phobias, you know, from anxiety, depression. We see this all the time. And we also utilize a, a wide breadth of experts to help us manage these kinds of cases. And uh, just as we close, I uh, want to mention as well that once you bring Savannah and his team on your case, you get that claim happening. The phone calls and aggravation from the insurance company or otherwise will stop. They take care of all of it, so get the healing happening for sure. You want to reach out now that we're done, toll free. No problem. Here's how you do it. Don't hesitate. Have a chat. one 855 The website, disabilityrights.ca. Links to our television show there as well. And that email address we always pull from is help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll catch you again. Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.